good morning and welcome to the house of the Lord again. It's good to be in God's house. There's not another place I've always said I would rather be than be in God's house with his people on the Lord's day. Amen. So good to see each one of you here. May we stand and ask the Lord's blessing on our service this morning. We thank you once again, Lord, for life and breath, the many blessings that you've given to us. Though it's cold outside, we thank you for the sunshine. It encourages our hearts. We pray, Lord, that you would shut us in with your presence. May your spirit minister to our hearts this morning. I pray that everything that's done in this service would bring glory to your name and build up the Christian to walk closer to you. That's our desire, Lord. We so desire to live well-pleasing in your sight, walk in accordance to your word, and someday hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We pray, Lord, that you administer to us, give us hearts to hear, uh, hearts to obey. We ask, Lord, that you would move in this service, make it count for eternity to each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Well, it's always good to be back in God's house again, and good to see some others as well. So glad you've been uh, taking time to be here this morning. It's a little brisk outside, but thank the Lord we have a warm place to meet. Uh, there's many Christians in North Korea and China that can't say that, and we need to thank God for as many blessings upon us. It's good to be in God's house, and I trust you're ready to worship the Lord this morning, and that he may minister to your hearts as you lift your voice in song as our sister comes to lead us in him this morning. Lord bless her. Well, it is good to be here this morning and to worship the Lord and to praise Him. So first of all, I'd like to start with the doxology on number 431 in our hymnal. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. I'll ask you to stand together as we sing it, please. <clears throat> again. ask you to remain standing and let's turn back to number 56. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. I like the second verse, it speaks, here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I've come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. He's been our help in the past and he can be all that we need in the future. As we look forward to this coming year, he can be with us. Number 56.
be seated and then I'd like to sing the one just across the page number 56 oh God our help in ages past if you looked at the bulletin board this morning as you came in a part of that song is up there posted on there so maybe you want to look at it sometime as a reminder our God who's been our help in ages past is still our hope for years to come all right number 56 or 58 <laughs> the new year couldn't we that we, he would be our guide for the year to come thank you for your good singing <clears throat> praise his name maybe that prompts a testimony on your heart this morning how good the lord is amen amen Praise the Lord. Good. Anyone else? I'm glad he is our help in ages past. Amen. He's helped me. And I'm glad that he holds a future and he's uh, working it out for his will. And I love him. And I Praise the Lord. Him. And I'm looking at him, not to man or not Amen. to things. So I thank God for changing my heart, make me a new creature in Christ. Amen. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Good. Praise the Lord. Amen. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. 
Praise for Jesus. Yes. I was encouraged by the songs this morning that we were playing. Um, Amen. Mighty Fortress is our God yes. in the prelude, and I was just reminded that God is a mighty fortress, a bulwark that's never failing. Amen. So thankful that He hears our cries. I was reading this morning in the Psalms, and was reminded that the Lord is always hearing the cry of His children, and we can run to Him for refuge and find Amen. that hope for our souls. Praise the Lord. Good. Anyone else? Praise for Jesus. This uh, Come Thou Fount song really stuck out to me. The words, I really especially like verse number three, which we all kind of, I think there was a few of us that wanted to repeat it in unison. <laughs> it's got such good words. Constrained daily by the debt of grace that I owe. Let that grace now like a fetter bind my yielded heart to thee. Let me know thee in thy fullness. Guide me by thy mighty hand. Till transformed in thine own image, in thy presence I shall stand. That truly is the desire of every true Christian. Wanting to be more like Christ and doing what he wants, not because we have to, but because we love to. Because we love him. But also verse number two, the first part of that stuck out to me. Here I raise my Ebenezer, the sacrifice hither, by thy help I come. And it stuck out to me how the Lord not only is there for us when we call upon Him, He's not only there for us when we come together and to meet with Him, but He gives us the strength to call upon Him. Have you thought of that? How feeble and frail we are that we couldn't even call on the Lord in our own strength. But He gives us the strength to call. And He reminds us to call whenever we need Him. And I like that verse in Romans that says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Aren't you so glad that you called upon the name of that, that Lord and that He saves and that He sanctifies and He'll help you, give you that strength throughout each day. Praise the Lord. That's my testimony this morning. Anyone else that prays on your heart? All right, we'll turn our hearts towards prayer. Praise the Lord. It's good to have a Savior, isn't it? It's good to be owned by Him. Praise the Lord. Anyone else with a testimony this morning? Amen. He's always worthy to be praised. Shouldn't take us long to figure out he's worthy to be praised. Amen. Amen. That doesn't mean you need to testify in every service, but I sure want to give you opportunity if the Lord has put something upon your heart. I've sat in services. I've kind of been disorderly at times in a service where they didn't ask for testimonies and just had something on my heart. I had to get up and get out. <laughs> and uh, if you ever have something on your heart to praise the Lord about, I want to give you opportunity to do that. Thank the Lord. He is worthy of praise. I can feel a praise in my heart to the Lord this morning. Amen. It's a special day to me already. Good. You mentioned, I think, something before we went to prayer that everyone is special. Amen. Or something to that effect. I couldn't remember the exact words, but I was reading in Leviticus this morning, and it was telling about the different ones of the Levites that were given different places in regard to the carrying of the Wow. That they, they had to carry. And I thought, well, each of them, we, we 
all have our place. I'm Amen. That the Lord, Amen. Uh, looks upon us, each one, wherever we are, Amen. and speaks in, in His Word about those that uh, serve the Lord are honored by Him. And Amen. I feel that way this morning. I just am glad to be a servant. Praise the Lord. Lord. And just to feel His smile of approval and His honor, and each one of us can have that. It doesn't matter what Amen. place we feel, whether it's a, a just a secular place or a place in the Place. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. I don't remember all the details, but I remember here, hearing it told about a person seeking to be sanctified and just consecrating their heart to them, to the Lord. And uh, if I remember, it was a little child, and they didn't know. They said, uh, "What you know? What did you want to be when you grow up?" And said, "I just want to be whatever Lord wants me to be." And said, and then I heard him praying and said. Lord, help me to be the best whatever you want me to be that I can. And I thought, well, that's a good, that's a good heart cry. Amen. The best whatever God wants us to be that we can. Just surrender to Him. Praise the Lord. Amen. Anybody else? All right. If Brother Mike will come. We'll take up the morning offering. Praise the Lord. He's worthy to be praised. Amen. Anyone else with a testimony on your heart? All right. I believe we have a special plan at this time. Just come and mind the Lord. The song that we're going to sing is a song for the new year. It's by Frances Ridley Havergal, and I think there was a, an, a story of her life in the Sunday School paper last week, so if you want to know what kind of person she was, you can pick up one of those papers and read. But I was just really inspired by what I had read about her life. I was looking up hymn stories. I didn't realize it was in that paper for last week, but anyhow, I believe she gave her heart to the Lord as a very young girl, and at the age of 11, I believe her mother passed away and left her with a charge to follow God. And she did that. She only lived to be 42 years of age, 
but she lived her life for him. And she wrote the song that we're going to sing this morning. I'd like to read the words of the chorus here. It says, Onward then and fear not, children of the day, for his word shall never, never pass away. And that scripture that we are Amen. children of the day, we're not children of the night. Amen. And also that the word of the Lord, let's see, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass Praise away. And I'm thankful for the words that are given in this song. It was such an encouragement to my heart for this coming year. <clears throat> Never 
thank the Lord that His Word doesn't pass away. And if His Word's not going to pass away, why should we act like He's going to pass away? Amen? Thank the Lord. His Word shall stand forever and ever and ever. And however long you want to keep saying that, His Word will keep standing. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I say praise the Lord this morning. <laughs> I remember I remember being in a service where a preacher was going on and on and on, and he's gotten all excited, and then he stops. And everybody's real quiet, and he said, well, you're all real quiet. And I thought to myself, well, you were the only one that was talking, and you just stopped. <laughs> he's worthy to be praised this morning. Praise his holy name. Amen. Let's uh, stand this morning and ask God to have His way in the Word. Let us pray. We thank You, Lord, for another opportunity to be in Your house. We thank You for Your many blessings to us. We ask that You would anoint this message, anoint our ears. Give us ears to hear what Your Spirit has to say to us this morning. For that, we'll ever praise You. We thank You that You are the revealer of all things. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I'd like for you to take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. We're going to look at a passage that begins to read in verse number 14. Yes, I did forget to make an announcement that this evening will be our uh, annual candlelight testimony service. I trust you can make it. It's an opportunity to reflect on how the Lord has blessed us in this past year and helped us to grow, and it's uh, to be a time that glorifies Him, to reflect on the many blessings. And uh, we definitely still have to summarize, even though it's a whole service dedicated for testimonies, and there will be a little bit of singing probably at the beginning. And uh, we have candles, and we just take turns uh, taking a candle and coming up and lighting off the main candle. And uh, testifying for the Lord. And uh, it's a special time. It's a special time that bring God's, brings God glory. And uh, we trust you can make it this evening at 6 p.m. Matthew chapter 17, beginning to read at verse number 14 uh, through 21. Matthew 17, 14 through 21. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him, speaking of Jesus, a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the spirit, and he departed out of him. And the child was cured 
from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto him, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed, or it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Our key verse this morning is verse number 21, where Jesus says, Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. I want to talk to you about prayer and fasting this morning, the importance of prayer and fasting. The message this morning probably revolves around three main questions that I'd like to pose to you at the beginning and maybe wrap up again by mentioning them at the end. And the first one is this. Are you prepared for the unexpected? It's interesting to me that there's many people who would like to try to predict what is to come. And we talked about it not too awful long ago, just in our Tuesday night Bible study, that the Lord has purposefully left things out of the Scriptures in the prophecy in the book of Revelations where he told John to put the pen down and not to write some things. It seems to me that I've been finding people who ever since John put the pen down, they've been trying to pick the pen back up and they've been trying to figure out what it is. Well, it's God's purpose that we not know about whatever that was. There are some people that spend a lot of effort, a lot of energy, a lot of time trying to figure out what that was and there's a lot of assumptions that are made. I'm not here to talk about that this morning. We're not here to talk about what the predictions are, what might some people say is coming in the near months or the near years or whatever it is that may come in our lifetime or the lifetime to come. We're not here to talk about that this morning. The lesson is not even about those things, but the lesson is about more so this question, are you prepared for the unexpected? You see, the disciples that day, they thought they had it all together. Jesus said that he was giving them power over the unclean spirits, power to heal the sick. Power to do good works in His name. And Jesus, when He ascended up to the Father, He said that I give you power and you'll do even greater works. You'll do even greater volumes and greater miraculous things in My name after I depart if you're the true believers. I'm not here to talk about those many mighty works this morning, but I'm here to talk about this question. Are you prepared for the unexpected? Because you see that the disciples were faced with the unexpected that day. They didn't plan for that. There's a lot of people who want to know what's coming so they can just prepare for what it is that they think they're going to be facing. That's not the attitude of the child of God. That is not the attitude of the true believer, for the true believer wants all that God has for him. Wants all that God would have, any of the blessings that God would so desire to bestow upon the true believer, that's what the true believer wants. The attitude of the true believer is not just to say, well, I want to know what my battles are so I can be well prepared for those battles. That's a good desire, but don't stop there. We should desire all that God has for us. We should desire all the depths that God has for us. And, and here's this, this man who comes and cries out and he kneels down before Jesus and he asks Jesus to have mercy on his son. He said his son was a lunatic, I believe, in the passage. He said his son, son is a lunatic and, and oftentimes he's cast into the water and he's cast into the fire. And we know that 
the evil spirits would try to take people and cast them into places that would destroy them. Lunatic. Have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic, it says in verse number 15. He's a madman. The word lunatic derives from a, a person who is under this oppression, under this uh, evil spirit, and it seemed to come and go in seasons, and they believed, uh, at least where the word lunatic derives from, is that they believed that it had something to do with the cycles of the moon, or the orbit, and, and all of that, and the cycles and the seasons of all of that, but really it was a spirit that, that was being dealt with there. It wasn't just any kind of... Uh, physical ailment, but there was an evil spirit. There was an unclean spirit that they were dealing with. And the disciples didn't exactly know what was going on, even though they had good intentions. They had been around some good teachings. They had good experience. It's not about all those things, my friend. But Jesus said it's about fasting and prayer. Our key point here is that there are some things that are only overcome by fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer. Are you prepared for the unexpected or are you just trying to prepare for what you're expecting? I want, I want you to think about that question. The second question I have for you this morning is do you really believe that there are battles that you can only be winning by prayer and fasting? Do you really believe this principle? It's easy for us to read into this and say, well, that was for the disciples. Yes, the disciples, they should have been prepared for that. Yes, the disciples, they should have been praying and they should have been fasting. Which, by the way, let me point out here that when Jesus was faced with this, what did he do? He said, this spirit, this kind of demonic spirit will only come out but by prayer and fasting. But did Jesus have to take a few days? And you know how some people, if you'd ask them, say, we're facing an evil spirit here. Can you help, uh, can you help pray? Can you come and help cast out a demon? Can you help in this... Uh, issue here, the spiritual issue, and they say, yes, give me some time. I'm going to go pray, and I'm going to go fast. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus just cast him out. Jesus just rebuked him. What does that tell us about Jesus' pattern is that he was a man even here in the flesh. He laid down that example by he was a man in fleshly form that would pray and fast. And many didn't know about it. But that was Jesus' practice. That was his daily routine. Do you pray and fast on a regular basis? Do you really believe that there are only battles that can be won only by prayer and fasting? That's the lesson this morning. And thirdly, the last question is, are you willing to do what it takes to have what you will need? And Jesus points out what we need is faith. And that this faith to cast out these evil spirits, these faith to, to overcome these uh, obstacles, these battles, these challenges, these demonic forces that we may not be aware that we may have to face in the future. And it may be tomorrow, it may be some years, it, it may be in your life right now. But Jesus is saying that it only comes by prayer and fasting because it's prayer and fasting that builds a person's faith. It says in the book of Romans that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And Jesus applies this principle of fasting. It's a physical illustration of a spiritual truth. When you fast, dear friend, I don't know when the last time you fasted or if you've ever fasted, but you get hungry. You get desirous of food. And there's a, a, a natural, physical thing that happens when you are lacking in that uh, enzymes, those minerals, those calories, if you will. Some people like to count their calories, but you need those calories to live. You need those, not too many of them, and not, you need to make sure that you have enough of them. But you need food to live. 
Jesus said it's not by bread alone, but it's by the word of God that we should live. Not just bread alone, not just the things of this life alone, but there's so many spiritual applications to physical illustrations. And Jesus uses prayer and fasting to illustrate how we need to rummage up, if you will, courage, rummage up strength, rummage up the desire. I've had times where I've prayed and I said, Lord, I, I, I want this. I, I want to become this. And Lord, help me to want it more. Help me to want it bad enough so that I can have it. God will give you the desires of your heart if your heart is in line with accordance to his will. He said, all things work together for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose. It just doesn't say that everything works out for the good of everybody. Or everything works out to whatever you would want and it doesn't matter what you want. That's not what he's saying and that's not taught anywhere in the scriptures. He only gives the desires of the heart to those that desire God's will. Those that are surrendered to his doings and his plans and his wants and his wishes. Fasting and prayer. Fasting is the abstinence of food. It's abstaining from food. That's what fasting is. And I know that different people have diff different physical problems. And I'm not up here to tell you how much you should fast and how much you shouldn't. I'm not a doctor and I'm not the Lord. I can't see into your heart. I don't know everything about your body. I know some people have sugar. I've, I've heard of some people almost dying because they've desired to fast and their body uh, drops in those chemicals that they need to survive and they end up uh, almost going unconscious and having to go to the hospital. I don't think that that brings God glory. God is not asking for you to uh, inflict pain upon your body, upon your flesh, or to bring sorrow upon your life so that you can glorify Him. That's not the way God is. That's not according to His character. But there is a principle that's taught this morning and, and the continuity is carried throughout the scriptures of fasting and prayer. And abstaining from food to the point that you have a desire to have food. And that desire to have food would remind you of the desire that you should have for the spiritual food. That fasting. And then the prayer. And we would look at this prayer and we'd say, well, it's just communication with God. And I like that as a definition for prayer. But really, according to this passage, and what's really trying to point out here, and drive, drive home the point that prayer is not just communicating with God. It's not just going, out, going throughout the day and saying, Lord, it's good to know that you're there. But it's a real, it's a soul cry to God. It's an honest heart cry out to the Lord. It's a, like the word that we studied in Philippians 4. Uh, I think it was verse number 7, the supplications. Let everything be done in prayer and supplications with thanksgiving. And that supplication, that soul cry, that, that desperate soul cry, it's not the kind of cry, uh, uh, it's a cry for help, but it's not the kind of cry for help of a person who's trying to move a piece of furniture. And says, hey, I need help over here. I can't move this by myself. That's kind of good. But really, the, the kind of heart's cry that supplication tries to point out is the soul that's drowning in the depths of the sea. And there's no one else to help. There's nobody else there. They're wearing out. They're going down for the third time, so to speak. And they cry out for help. That, that soul cry, that desperation. That, that desire that understands that we need God in His fullness and that we're not willing to settle for something less. We're not, not willing to, to go for a low sense of living. We're not willing to settle for less than God's best. The passage in the Scripture that says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. And I said many have taken that 
to be their downfall. They've been satisfied in the low levels of spirituality. They've been satisfied living down on the plain when God has bigger heights, bigger things, greater depths. He has more for you and for me. We need to be seeking His will constantly. Fasting and prayer. He goes on to say that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, the grain of a mustard seed, and it wasn't too long ago I gave you a mustard seed, a laminated mustard seed for you to take home as a representation to remind you of the truth. That if you have faith, sincere faith, even if it's small faith, if it's sincere, Jesus is saying it will do great things. God has set it up in a way, He set the kingdom up in a way that we must trust Him so that He can work. We must open up the door so that He can come into our heart and have the change in our heart. I've talked to people and they say, well, you know, I, I, I want God to do something to my heart. But He just hasn't yet. I want to be sanctified, but I, He just hasn't sanctified me yet. My friend, if you open up the door and you invite Him in, He'll come in. He's like any other guest. If He's knocking on your heart's door, He's desires to come in and do something. He's made known that He wants to change your life and renew your strength in Him. He wants to give you that encouragement that you need to get through those battles. And you ask Him to, and He will, if you really mean it with your heart. And I mean you really mean it. And I'm not saying that you have to contort your face, and you have to curl up in a ball, and you have to starve yourself out. It doesn't take that. But you do, you, what you do have to do is you've got to get to the point where you want it more than you want anything else. And I'm telling you, you can starve yourself out until you pass out and have to go to the hospital, and you might not still really want it down in your heart. It's about a surrendered heart to God's will. It's about a soul cry that looks up to the heavens and says, I want whatever you want. I need that strength. I need that help on a daily basis. I can't make it without you, Lord. If you don't get anything else out of this message, I want you to get this statement here. Without at least some form of prayer and fasting in your life, you will not have the spiritual power to win every battle you may face. There were many things that the disciples understood about Jesus' ministry, and whatever they didn't understand, they could just ask Jesus. I'm so glad that Jesus is still like that way. If you read something in the Bible and you don't understand it, you just ask Him about it. You just take some time to sit down at His feet and ask Him to explain, and He will. He'll give you understanding you desire to dig into the Word. But they didn't understand why they couldn't cure this one. They didn't understand why they didn't have power over this unclean spirit, but Jesus is pretty clear about it. The only time we see Jesus ever being harsh or coming across strongly like this in verse number 17 where He calls them a faithless and a perverse generation. The only time we see that is when Jesus has already given light, He's already given teaching, He's already given guidance, He's already given commandment, and they're well aware of it and they still turn, they still fail to see it, they fail to grab a hold of it. They were relying on Jesus being there, weren't they? Well, that's good. That's good. It's okay sometimes to rely on other people when they're there, but what about when they're not there? The disciples were there, and here was this need. Somebody came to them and had a, had a real legitimate need, this, this lunatic son who had cast himself about, and, and the devil was just trying to destroy him and trying to make a mock of him. And have you ever seen how sin is. Have you ever seen the enemy and his tactics and his chains and his, his addictions that he gets around people and it chains them up and just makes a mock out of them? 
just drags them down in the physical form and beats them up and wants to make a bad example of God's image because we're made in God's image and casting this man about and there's a real legitimate need here and somehow these disciples, somehow these, these uh, special ones who have been with Jesus through all of His ministry, the, the called ones, they don't have what it takes. And what is the problem? It's because they're not practicing prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. I'm not here to tell you how much you need to pray and how much you need to fast. I think you need to talk to the Lord about that. He'll guide you. If you have health problems when you don't have a meal on a regular basis, you need to talk to the Lord about that. You need to work those things out. But there is a principle throughout the scriptures of fasting and prayer. And it's going to be what we need if we want to be overcomers in every battle that we're ever going to face. And God's provided the way. God's made it possible. Every challenge. He's promised to make a way of escape. And every temptation, a way of escape that we may be able to bear it. We just replaced some of the bulbs last night in some of these exit lights. But I like these exit lights. And spiritually speaking, I look for those spiritually. You get in a challenge, a temptation, ask God to direct you to those exit lights. Because that's the way out in an emergency. There's always a way out. There's always a way out. Many times, here's a, another spiritual nugget of truth that you should put in your pocket and keep with you. Many times, the exit is the way you came in. Put that one in your lunchbox. Find yourself in a spiritual challenge. Many times, the exit out of that spiritual challenge, out of that temptation, is the way you got there. Just back yourself up and go right out. <laughs> Amen? The devil will try to get you and I cornered, but we need to be ready. We need to be prepared. I'm not here trying to prophesy to you and say that we're about to face hard times in the United States. I don't know beans from apple butter about what we're about to face. And even if everything was going smooth with the election, I believe God would still put this upon our heart to preach this truth because it's still true no matter what we go through, that there will be things that we will face. That if we're not prayed up and we're not fasting and praying on a regular basis, we're not going to have the strength to overcome some of these spirits. Oh yes, some may just be pushed out of the way very easily. But there's other things to overcome. You will need to pray and to fast. And if you need more strength in your heart, I would ask you to ask the Lord to examine your life. And let me challenge you with these three questions again as we close. Are you preparing for the unexpected? Do you really believe that there are battles that can only be won by prayer and fasting. And are you willing to do what it takes to have what you will need? That is faith. Jesus has given us the instructions. He's laid it out very easily for us. It's not original with me. One person said to be forewarned is to be forearmed. To be aware we're not always aware of what we may face. But thank God, with His help, we can be prepared no matter what. Let's stand this morning. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed in respect of God's business. This altar is open up here all the time. But if you need to pray, if God's spoken to your heart, you need to come down and confess something to Him, not to me. I don't need to hear about your sins. I don't need to hear about your struggles. But if you need to take care of spiritual business this morning, this little wooden mourner's bench, this little wooden altar down here in front of the platform is a good place to meet with the Lord. I like to meet here.
throughout the week with the Lord. I kneel at this altar. I look up at the cross. I remember the crown of thorns and the spikes they drove in his hands and his feet and the, the uh, spear they put in his side and the lashes upon his back and remember the sacrifice that he's given for us and it should give us the right attitude. It should give us the right approach. If God would be lifted up in our hearts in the place that he should be, we'd have the right attitude towards sin. May we be constrained by grace like a fetter to bind our love and our hearts to Him. Anybody need to pray this morning? We're not going to tarry long. Either you want to pray or you don't. You can get things settled to your friend. Don't have to go out the back doors the way you came in. You don't have to be carrying this spiritual burden the enemies put upon your shoulders give it to Jesus the little song what a friend we have in Jesus oh what peace we often forfeit oh what pain we needless bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer may we be found fasting and praying I believe if it's taught in the Word, I believe there's fasting that each one can do, regardless of your health problems, regardless of what you might face on a day-to-day -day basis. Something you can fast. No matter how busy your schedule is, there's time to pray. There's time to seek the Lord. There's time to bow humbly before Him and with supplications and desire all that He has for us, the fullness. My dear friend, you will face some battles if you haven't already. You will need this extra strength. Be prepared. Be ready. We love you, dear Lord. We thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for your word and the ability to read it and understand this morning. Thank you for your spirit working in our hearts. I pray, Lord, that this truth be pressed upon our hearts, that it wouldn't depart from us and our minds as we go about from this place. May your presence go with us. May we continue to ponder upon these truths. We pray that you'd bring us back safely this evening to testify of your many glories that you've done to us and helped us with your strength and your help thus far. We praise you, Lord. You're worthy of our praise. In Jesus' name, to thy glory. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed this morning.